Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. It is the holiday season. That means holiday parties, work, friends, family, booze. Be careful. Hope you have a great holidays. Do not make any mistakes. Uber, call a friend, get a DD, all those things. But if you do find yourself needing legal representation to represent you in a DUI case, Marcos Garza and his team at the Garza Law Firm are East Tennessee's premier defense when it comes to DUI. They also handle personal injury and criminal defense. GarzaLaw.com. Remember that website, GarzaLaw.com. 865-540-8300. You can get in touch with someone 24-7, 365, even on Christmas. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team. We appreciate them for their support. GarzaLaw.com. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Tuesday, November 28th. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving week. Seth, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Did you have a good vacation? I did. I did. You sunburnt? No, I'm not. I've I've uh I've become sunscreen pilled. I put on sunscreen. I apply sunscreen. I put sunscreen every day, but one. Do you actually. wear sunglasses when you go outside? Yeah. So you don't buy into that conspiracy? I is there a conspiracy about like sunglasses? That well, I'm basically that it that it messes our skin up. But I guess sunglasses. if you're wearing sunscreen with the sunglasses on that I guess you're safe, but they say if you wear sunglasses, your skin gets sunburnt more easily because your your natural eye, like your natural body, I guess whenever your eyes are exposed, you have like a yeah. defense mechanism, I guess. Okay. So therefore, wearing sunglasses does not trigger that defense for your body, and thus makes you more susceptible to the sun. That's that's what I think the conspiracy is, but I don't, I guess, know for sure, but. Well, sunglasses are my my natural defense mechanism against the glare of the sand. So, I don't know how anybody sits on the beach without sunglasses. I will say that once I, for a long time I never wore sunglasses. Then I became a sunglasses wearer, and now I can't really go out in the outside without any on. So, you know, maybe there's yeah. something to your body getting used to it. I don't, I don't know, but I'm glad you had a good trip. The big news of the day, Arkansas has hired Bobby Petrino to come be their OC for Sam Pittman. What an amazing run for Arkansas fans. They're losing at home to, like, North Carolina Greensboro in basketball. Their football team, the Red Shirts, I'll be at the Red Shirts, get caught watching, what was it, Polar Express? Mm Mm-hmm. At halftime of the whatever game. They announced that they're bringing back Sam Pittman for some reason, even though there's not really a big-time opening. So if you're going to hire somebody, wouldn't it be this cycle? I think it was the the Auburn game where they got their absolute brains beaten in, too, which makes it yes, funnier. Yes, it was. It was. by Yes, by Hugh Freeze, used to coach Arkansas State. Um, and then they proceed to get just drilled by Missouri, and then it culminates. Is Bobby Petrino even good at calling plays anymore? It's yeah, I was not... going to say, I don't know if anybody watched Texas A&M and said, mm, that offense looks good. Like, it's not 2013 anymore. I mean, people that were once good aren't good anymore. It's just the nature of life. I, I don't I don't get it. Like, if I was Arkansas. Has anybody I watched would... UCLA play football this year? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, KJ Jefferson can play another season. Yeah, I'm so way. sick we, of the COVID years. Which get, is insane. Get, which get is these insane. guys, get these guys out of here. Now I will insane. say that I hope that they, you know a couple stay on our offensive line, but outside of that, get these guys out of here. Um, KJ Jefferson has another year, so I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I'm not even sure Bobby Petrino's any good. I don't really know. That's just weird, man. That's just weird. But it's amazing. It is wild to me just to invite him back into your program. Like, what is Sam Pittman thinking? Because you know, like, that's my big takeaway is you know Bobby Petrino still has some friends in Arkansas, right? And, For sure. And, and they are definitely going to try to float the idea of him at least, at the very least, being the interim coach when they fire Sam Pittman, probably after we beat them at the beginning of October. He is only 62 years old. And I guarantee you he's still got a lot of high-dollar friends there that still think of them. Be- the last time they were good is when he was in charge, right? Like sure. he had his, them- his, his, Yeah, his last year he went 11-2. and two. He had them top five in the country. So, like, if you're Sam Pittman, maybe this isn't your call. Maybe this is above you. But, like, you just hired the guy who undoubtedly is going to stab you in the back to get his job back. Yeah. 1,000%. For sure. That we don't know if it's any is any good or not anymore, but we do know that Arkansas isn't good anymore, and we do know Sam Pittman's going to get fired next year. So, like I said, at the very least, Bobby Petrino will get a five-game runway as an interim coach. Why? I just I, I don't understand bringing Sam Pittman back. I, I really I don't. The only thing is he seems like a nice guy. Like, that's it. You don't want to fire him, but and you give him a chance to – to be the guy and you don't, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, you don't want to break his heart. But outside of that, like, yeah, there's no reason for him to be back. None. None. Anyways, our season is over. We went eight and four. We didn't talk after the Georgia game. Nothing happened after the Georgia game that we needed to talk about. The Vanderbilt game was one of those very frustrating games where we just kick ass offensively and you're like oh yeah that's cool defensively you you gave up too many points it got chippy you looked undisciplined joe milton played maybe his best game as of all which is funny um any other takeaways i missed i didn't watch it so the only thing i've really seen actually the only thing i've seen i watched one highlight and i just watched it brother ned patron ned sent me a link so i could see joe milton crowning himself that's all i wanted to see that's a, if there is, is there a more perfect summation of Joseph Milton III than the fact he plays the best game of his career, undoubtedly, by all accounts, against a hapless Vanderbilt ga- team in a meaningless game, and then he crowns himself after a two-yard run. He crowned himself not once, but twice. Is he aware that he wasn't any good this year? No, no, I don't think so. The... I think you're also missing a couple of good points in terms of uh, not only did he crown himself, but he also got to come back out and play two series after that. That was maybe the most frustrating part. As I was like, you know what? If you're going to crown yourself, let that be your swan song. Let that be the moment you know you put a bow on your career. Good job, King. Instead, Josh Heupel's like, you know what? Let's do two more, two more series of that. Let's do two more series of that, please. Let's run it back. And to me, that was the most frustrating part, but, you know, what can you do? Nothing. You can't do anything. We can't do anything, sadly. We just have to sit there and just... Just take it. Just take it. Be disgusted. He crowned himself, John. He he put a crown on his head after a two-yard touchdown run. That is more egregious than the just the non-ending bows and arrows. It's It's... it's it's more egregious than him blowing kisses after the Dante Thornton ankle snapped off touchdown pass. That was the luckiest play in football. That was luckier than than Nick Marshall touchdown pass against Georgia. It's luckier than Michigan State's blocked punt return for a touchdown against Michigan. That's how lucky that touchdown pass to Dante Thornton was. And he was blowing kisses. As Dante Thornton is writhing on the ground because his ankle is pointing the like the wrong direction. Joe Milton is blowing kisses to Missouri. 
I personally won't call that lucky. I'll just say it was very low probability, but your point is made about, you know, your teammate being on the ground writhing in pain. Thank God the season is over. Crowding yourself can be cool. Like, there was a game a couple years ago when the Bucks were playing the Lakers and Giannis, like, blocked LeBron, then got an and one on him and then put the crown on his head, like, hey, I'm the king now. That was kind of cool. Like, Derrick Henry, I don't think Derrick Henry crowns himself. I think everyone else crowns him whenever he has a run. But, yeah, no, Joe doing it against Vanderbilt after, you know, to push us to 8-4. and four, I do not have that very high on the uh, the old cool meter. But, like it's you said, thank, cool. thank, thank God the season is over. Yeah, that's that's – really all you can say yeah i mean there's i was i was uh obviously we didn't discuss georgia i was on vacation i was a little surprised from what i did see that people were turning on joe at that point see i didn't even i didn't even really see people turning on him at that point because you know if you had read if you had ridden with him for that long what about that game made you say actually never mind what, what blew me away was that people got mad about that game. What about that game was shocking? That game wasn't the point. The point was the week before. The point was Florida. The point was the second half against Alabama. The point was that you did nothing but play with yourself the entire season when it was the easiest schedule of my adult life. You wasted it. You wasted it. You got immeasurably more out of the 2021 year where you went where you did one game worse in the win column. Than you did this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's factually correct. About the only thing I have to say good right now is that it does appear that May, Spragans, and Peely are coming back. Okay. I did see that Austin Price at VolQuest, I believe, gave them all above a 50% chance to return. Yeah. So, I thought the most important – I thought the first thing Josh Heupel had to do was get Cooper Mays – and some of the offensive linemen to come back. Yeah, it does appear that's going to happen, and that was kind of a necessity, like you said. Yeah, that was pretty much a must, I think. Um, so that was cool. You know, I think the second thing you have to do after that is you have to keep Dylan Sampson. I don't know that – I don't think he's going to transfer. Nobody that I've seen really thinks, but if I had to say, like, what's next in terms of roster management, I certainly don't think he's going to transfer, but I would be making sure that he stays. Nah, it seems just like a leverage play to get some money. And to feel appreciated. Yeah. I would be, you know, making sure he stayed, and then I would be... After that, I don't even know who you could really... I would be... Every day would be a day for Arion Carter to get better. Like, I would be, he needs to get better every single day. So he can play, he can start a linebacker game one next season. I just, I found myself, the one thing that did, the one thing that did disgust me about Georgia is us playing Will Brooks. That was what did disgust me, was us playing Will Brooks. We're playing a walk-on at nickel. It's not, it's not, and it's not that we're playing him against Georgia. It's not that it kept us from winning the game. It's that we signed three really highly touted cornerbacks in last year's class. And Ricky Gibson's gotten to play some. That's the story of the season, right? It's just a wasted year for – I know we've talked a lot about Nico. It's not just Nico. Like, you haven't developed any of your depth. It's Andre Turrentine. Every time Andre Turrentine played, he looked pretty good. He really couldn't get any reps alongside Wesley Walker. Jordan Thomas couldn't play any at nickel outside of Tamarion McDonald. Like, Ricky Gibson couldn't play any cornerback. And I know that Ricky got put in at like one big game, whatever it was, and he immediately got hurt, whatever. But again, I go back to my example was Aiden Childs at Oregon State at quarterback. Jonathan Smith made sure he got meaningful drives all the time. In the first quarter, second quarter, Aiden Childs was getting drives. Why were we not, you know, we weren't doing that with Nico. We weren't doing that with, with any of the secondary guys. The the defense, the, the linebackers and defensive line do do it. But it was just a wasted season. I mean, Addison Nichols never played. Addison Nichols didn't play the whole damn year. And it's really unfair to him because you wasted this year to begin with him because you tried to make him a center for nine months. 
And then you realize like two weeks before the season, oh, wait, he can't play center. No shit. You had the whole spring to do it. Cooper wasn't in the spring either. Addison Nichols, the one offensive lineman you signed that's highly rated. And then you send him back to guard, and then just be like, okay, well, we're not going to play him until like the Georgia game when Ollie Lane and Andre Carrick is hurt. Like, we still have no idea if Addison Nichols is good because he hasn't played in a game. And that's how you decide if people are good. It's a wasted year. Hypo, like for me personally, Hypo erased nearly all of the goodwill that he had accrued. There is no reason that Tennessee should be going into next season not expecting to make the playoff with Nico Iamiliava. But here we are, not expecting it, because we didn't play him at all, because we still don't know what we have. And if you didn't know what you, and if you'd figured out what you had and it wasn't good, you could at least gone out and say, hey, well, Will Howard from Kansas State is in the portal. Tyler Van Dyke's in the portal. All these guys are in the portal that we Will Rogers. Use. Yeah, all these dudes. How do you think UCLA feels right now? Because they did play their five-star freshman, and he was pretty bad for most of the year. Yeah, at least they know. Do you pull the plug, or do you still have to give him a year? Well, the Garbers guy was good, too. The other guy was good. Well, he was my, I, I thought the Garbers guy played better. They, yeah, and the, the issue was that all three of them got hurt. Moore was hurt. Garbers got hurt. The Whatever the other dude was that transferred to. Um, he has a weird last name. I think he was hurt too. I mean, everyone, all, all, I think all their quarterbacks were hurt. At least Garbers and Moore got hurt. So at least you know. I mean, no, I agree. I That's think, just what somebody said I to think, me to push back. I think back. you stick it out with Dante Moore. I think you stick it out. I mean, he's a top five player in the country. Like he was bad though if, this year. Yeah, you know, and if he's like Drew Aller is next year, then okay. But at least UCLA has an idea. Are they going to keep Chip Kelly? I guess so, yeah. Seems like it, right? Seems like beating USC did the trick. Well, that's good. So, yeah, the, the, the story of the season, you know, we've talked about it. You just didn't develop any depth. You didn't develop any depth of actually game reps. And you talk about the schedule – I mean, next year, like, you should be able, I don't, you know, I don't want to say pencil in nine wins because it does seem like Josh is good to lose one. He shouldn't. But, like, you could go and I'm sure you're familiar with Dave Bartow, the uh, the coach effect guy. Like, he said, you know, this year Josh Heupel was a complete zero. He did not win you any games. He did not lose you any games. And you went eight and four. Next year, he said you can go do the same exact thing and go nine and three, where Josh Heupel is not a net positive or a negative, and you could still go out there and win nine games and go nine and three because the schedule is easy again. Yeah. I mean, you get Arkansas, Mississippi state like that. It's just. <sighs> and you ain't got to worry about Eli coming in here and punking you. We have no real idea if Oklahoma is good. It does appear Dylan Gabriel has another year of the COVID year. He does, if he wants but it. I, I, a lot of people seem to think he's leaving. To do what? Just go be a family He's, he's going to transfer somewhere else. He's going to transfer somewhere else. Oh, why? Because they want Jackson Arnold to play. Oh, okay. Kind of like, I mean, you would think that we wouldn't let Joe Milton stick around another year if he could, but <laughs> I'm can not, we say that? I'm not so can sure, buddy. With any certainty. We can't say that with any certainty. I don't think you could turn down this leadership and veteran experience. So if Will Rogers was to like go to Kentucky or whatever, then it would make sense. You know, I don't I don't know that Dylan Gabriel really wants to go to Mississippi State with his offensive coordinator, but he could at least, I guess. Gotcha. That's just what that's just what some people Bud Elliott at CBS Sports talking about that. Somebody gotcha. else. But yeah. So everything was right in front of Josh Heupel. It's not too late for him to recover, but it's safe to say that he fumbled at someone this year. Yeah, you can't really say he did a good job this year, right? No, like, no, no one out there is defending him and saying he did good this year. Now, I know some will say, hey, you were really injured. I've seen that discourse talking about how bad the injuries were this year. And, okay, that's fine. And I'm not even saying you could – I'm saying if you want to say that Josh Heupel didn't do a bad job, okay, that's fine. But I don't think anybody out there can say, like, actually, he did good this year. He was good. 
I mean, I would, yeah, I would give him like a C plus, I guess. Sure. I, I mean, guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that seems about right. That that seems generous. You're you're a good grader. That's fair. But you can't give him much higher than that. No, no. No, I mean, I think a C plus is a little average. He did a fine job. I mean, like he didn't do good. He didn't. If you want to say he didn't do bad, I mean, he just did. He didn't do anything. He was his, He was right down the middle. I would lean more towards a C minus, just because. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just I, saying, I mean, like, if you're telling me like what you do, what you didn't do, at the very least, the games you won, you didn't win because of offense, and that's supposed to kind yeah, of be yeah, your yeah. thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. For the sure. Texas A&M game, I give you bad. I gave you a bad grade for that, Josh Heupel, and you won it. It was an abortion of a game. Austin P, bad grade. <laughs> what what grade would he get good on this year? Game wise, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I would imagine. I don't really remember it, but like B, I'll give you a B for the South Carolina game. Okay. I don't know how. I mean, B minus for the Kentucky game. I don't. I don't know. At least he like he at least he had the sense to put Dylan Sampson in at the end of the what Kentucky annoys game. Me, and then he just ignored him for the rest of the season. Of course, you're not you're a good grade for the first half against Alabama, but you know whatever. I mean, like yeah, like there's there weren't very many games. That's why I'm giving him a C minus. Yeah, I have no issues with that. I have no issues. With I, I think honestly, the defense kind of carried you at stretches this season, at least for yeah. the Texas oh, A&M game. No doubt, no undoubtedly. So yeah. Any other football thoughts? Other than you're glad it's over. Is there anybody we should be looking out for in the portal? Is there talk Not about that? that? I mean, I know Samson might leave, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you'll have some guys try to get some leverage and get some money and get some attention. That's fine. But, like, are we going after anybody? Have any of those names started popping out? I don't – not that I've seen because all I've seen is quarterbacks. Okay. Because all I've seen is, like, the quarterbacks that have entered the portal. I don't know anybody else that really has. I saw there was a good receiver maybe from USC maybe. Maybe it wasn't USC. Maybe it was somewhere else. But like, they need receivers. Yeah, they need a ton of them. Assuming Brew goes pro, or even if Brew stays, I don't want to go into next year with Dante Thornton as your number one on the outside. Okay. Right. I mean, no. I mean, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, I guess they're not going to play the five star freshman either, right? Well, I think he's a slot. I thought he was a slot. Okay. I mean, he might. He might be. Hell, I, I mean, I don't know, John. I thought Mike Matthews was slot. He might, he might be. I, I, he, he might be. I just know you were adding a talented wide receiver. That's well, all. you're right. I mean, br- the Staley guy's like a top 100 player, too. Yeah, I thought we had been recruiting well there. So, like, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Kelsey Pope is recruiting his ass off. So, I no figured there'd be that. some young guys ready to take on that we didn't necessarily need to go to the portal to get somebody. But, yeah, I don't know. Nathan Laycock was really highly rated, too. And yeah. I don't know that he played at all. So, like, I, I thought maybe it. Might just be as simple as those guys get a little bit older and you get better quarterback play. So I, I it might be, it might be. It I might haven't be. been I looking know. at wide receiver as like a, nece- a necessity in the portal. But. I would say the necessity for me is, um, well, if, you're going like to need a left tackle, tackle, right? Like you're gonna, you're people think Campbell's Campbell, if he leaves the left tackle, I'll, people think in. he's leaving, right? Yeah, I think I don't know. Well, that's, that's kind of the talk I saw, but I'm not. You know. I just assume he is. Yeah. I just assume he is. A left tackle, a tight end, okay. a safety. Yeah, I did like that we waited until the Vanderbilt game to start throwing the ball to the tight ends. Yeah, because they have that tight end visiting. Because there was a tight end on the official visit. That's oh, why. is that That's it? 100% why. That's 100% why. I didn't know if it was that it's or because so it was stupid. Or because it was senior day and both of them were seniors. And you're like, okay, here you go. We'll throw you a bone. No, like, we, we wasted. We wasted. McCastles, whatever his name is, I don't still don't know his name. Is it McCollin Castles or Colin McCastles? Either one works for me. Number thirty-four. We wasted him. Big, he could have been awesome. Big white tight end. He could have been awesome. I think. Do you disagree? You th- I think he was. I think he could have been really good. No, I mean, I think he, he always seemed to be open, and he seemed to catch the ball. When we threw it to him most of the time. But instead, we had Jacob Warren not jumping over a credit card in the back of the pylon, back at the pylon of the end zone against Alabama. So. You know, that was cool, too. Actually, my favorite play of that game from Jacob Warren is him just in the open field and not even trying to make that dude miss on the third down, just running into the tackle. 
I mean, whenever you talk about Jacob Warren plays, I'd still just think about the old Miss fourth and twenty five or whatever it was. That's where my yeah, mind still goes. I believe it was at least. That's where my mind is gone. Any thoughts on the basketball team going to Maui or Honolulu and going zero for two in the big games? I only watched the Purdue game really. Okay, so you and picked mainly, the, you picked the worst one to watch because that one was dreadful. Well, it was about time. Like the Kansas game was in the middle of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The Purdue game was at night, um, and so in Aruba, a lot of times, like the Syracuse game wasn't on TV. I had it like Italian soccer. It was weird. Like you wouldn't always get what's on ESPN and ESPN2 in America. Oh, sorry on. sorry for your Aruba problems. But the weirdest thing was, this is the weirdest thing to me, is that the like the Dallas Cowboys game on Thanksgiving Day was on ESPN and ESPN2 in Aruba, and the the Black Friday game was also on was also on ESPN2. Yeah, I don't know so how like, that works. That was pretty cool, but yeah, I was too busy reading at the beach and tanning to uh, Oh, sorry, sorry. But I watched us play Purdue. I thought Purdue was just a little bit of a better team than Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, they got the big freak, and the big freak, we fouled him a lot. We set the tone early. Like, I didn't really have a problem with the foul calls. I mean, I just thought it was a dreadful game, but I think we did kind of try to yuck it up or ham it up and dirty it up, and we wanted to be physical with him, and then they just started calling fouls the entire game. It was, yeah. a, it was a dreadful game. Yeah. I didn't come out feeling like we got cheated in the game. I just thought it was a – a, a woeful game to watch be officiated, but not like in an um, unfair way, just to like, this is a dreadful product type of way. J- Jay Billis should be... I hate Jay Billis, man. Jay Billis, I mean this sincerely, he should be put in a gulag. I got no I got no arguments there. Get Solely him out of for, here. For, for what he did in that Purdue game. He should be put into some sort of political re-education camp. Atrocious. He gets on my nerves. Man, he's awful. Has he always ha- has he always hated us, or just is it after the tournament last year? Uh, it doesn't feel like it's always been like that. I didn't think so either, but man, like it just seems like he just does not like Tennessee. And I was like, is it because we beat the hell out of Duke last year, like both on the scoreboard and in the paint? Like what? What was it? I don't know, but man, man. So, yeah, I don't know. I saw, like, what I know about the Tennessee basketball team is I saw one tweet from you about Connect disappearing in big moments or whatever it was. something. The moment the moment was a little big for him, it seemed like. Not, not going to not, not say he completely disappeared, but it did seem like Purdue figured out something about the way he dribbles and drives. That, that was a little alarming to me. But Well, I would say that he disappeared in the second half against Purdue. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I also think they kind of roughed him up a little bit. They kind of knew what he was yeah. going to try to do, and they, they beat him to the spot a lot of the times. Yep. Um, I will say I thought the positive in the second half against Purdue was there was that one stretch where Ganey finally got hot. Yep. But then he, he kept shooting. He just would not quit shooting. And, like, it didn't seem like Barnes was interested in kind of reeling him in. It was just kind of like, keep shooting. Because that's all we can do right now because we still don't trust to have any offensive sets is what it seemed like to me. Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's early season tournament, whatever. Like, see what you got. But that was a little alarming to me. I will say it just felt a lot like it has the last two years. That's not inaccurate, and that's not a good feeling because we were promised something different, you know? So I snapped and cleared very quickly. You went back and enjoyed the beaches of Aruba. The other thing is that this time last year we were crushing Kansas and we found out that it really didn't matter. It is, like you said, it is the early season. It is a long way to go. The only thing I know is like what you said about Connect and then I keep seeing your post about Zakai and then Brother Toy, Patron Toy, texted me like Zakai's numbers and uh, wow, you weren't kidding about how bad he was. Well, yeah, I'm trying not to be too hard on him because he's coming back from injury, but like... Uh, I don't know how, how public I've made my thoughts outside of the Discord, but, like, I didn't think Zakai was very good last year either. And I've never really bought in, despite despite the first year being, like, all SEC defense, I've never really bought him in as him as an elite defender. Outside of, like, pesky on ball in the backcourt, 
I just think he's so limited because everyone can shoot over him. And you saw that in the Purdue game. Like, when they needed a bucket, they were going after Zakai. And either he was fouling or they were just getting a shot off or both. He gave up a pretty big and one and got blown by at the end of the game, too. Like, But the offense has completely catered. And... But his offense wasn't good last year. Last year he was a 37% shooter and 31% from three. But like now it's like you know he's low. He's he's below 20% on both, and that's you can't win that way, especially when he is a high usage guy. To me, it's, his offense was about like the blitzkrieg style, where he just like all of a sudden just like was it his freshman year at Vanderbilt, where he just kind of took the game over in like a two minute spurt, just. Bang, 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 bang. Got a steal in the backcourt. Hit a three. and tr- Like, if he's not, like, Jonathan told me, like, what his numbers were from three. Like, if he's not hitting threes, then, like, what, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's November is the other thing. It's November. Like, wait, they got another chance tomorrow night for a, for an amazing win. Then they got Illinois at home. They got North Carolina State in neutral side. They're going to have plenty of chances in non-conference. Like, they could have easily beaten, for sure, Kansas, I think. And they could have beaten Purdue. Yeah, no, I mean, so, you, you could have came out of there ranked number one in the country, whatever. But, like, I, I'm not going to really worry about that moving forward just because you flew all the way to Hawaii and you played back-to-back days and then you played back-to-back-to-back days and you lost close games to top-ranked teams. I, I just... You know, coming out of it, I'm a little worried that Josiah went back into his shell the last two games, and I do think we need to start playing another guard. Like, I want to see what Cameron Carr can do because I do I do think his ceiling is much higher with him not being so small. Josiah simply has to shoot the ball, right? Well, he has to make shots. He he shot the ball. He just didn't make them. He went two for ten. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I I just thought he didn't shoot. My bad. Well, I mean, there might have been a game where he didn't, but I mean, the last two games he went two for ten. Okay, I mean, I I didn't watch so. My my thought watching the game was not, hey, Josiah needs to shoot more. It was Josiah needs to make some shots. Okay, okay. Forget I said anything then. There might be some people um, that was like, hey, he's being a little passive, but I just thought he wasn't making them. Okay, no words. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's early, though, so I got, I'm not trying to bury anybody. And I understand Zakai's having to come back from his ACL. I get all that. It's just I would rather him come back from his ACL against some of our lesser opponents like 15, 20 minutes at a time rather than like yeah. coming out there getting such high usage and getting so many shots and and just really not being able to look like he could dri- or looking like he couldn't even dribble during key stretches like I'm pretty sure it was the Kansas game it might have been Purdue at this point hell I don't know but like he came in with a 7 point lead we immediately went down 4 then he came back in at the 10 minute mark we were tied we immediately went down 10 like he was getting absolutely killed our team would fall apart when he would come in but season's early. We'll see if he gets it together. Tennessee does need a guard, whether it's him step up or, you know, Freddie getting healthy or Cam Carr getting to play. We are a guard short right now. I will say yes. that. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got a new $5 patron, Brock Miller. Shout out Brother Brock. We love you and appreciate you. That's it. That's all. Let's uh, get to some questions. So, um, Brother Sam asks, what was our most memorable moment for this, of the season for, uh, for both of us, good or bad, likely bad? For Tennessee football? Yes. I mean, not to be cliche, but like, or, or sentimental, but like my favorite memories was our two tailgates that we did, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch, Gator Gates and the fellowship we had in Gainesville, and then for the, uh... Texas A&M game. I thought both of those were great. But as far as on the field goes, I think that uh, the second half meltdown or the second quarter meltdown against Florida. But really, my lasting impression is just taking a timeout, taking two timeouts early in the third quarter and still not even scoring a touchdown against Florida. To me, that was kind of the microcosm of the season. The fair catch in Alabama, another microcosm of the season. The D. Williams punt return against AM was a good memory. The Dylan Sampson drive against Kentucky, those are my two favorite memories on the field. But, uh, yeah, not a lot of positive there. Not a lot of positive uh, there J- Joe Milton doing the bow and arrow after the touchdown to go into halftime against Alabama. 
Yeah, same as the uh, the way he celebrated after running in the touchdown against Austin P to put us up a, a, a touchdown, I believe. Like that the was Superman. Yeah, that that was uh, the Cam. Every time he did the Cam Newton Superman, I got a little tilted. I'm not gonna lie, but like just the lack of self awareness to do it against Austin P after they've kind of kicked your ass for a lot of the game. Those were tough to Brother, overlook. Brother Sloth asks what. Um, I think about the culture shift that has occurred after Jack Harlow's Thanksgiving halftime performance and what does it mean for the future of hip-hop? Sloth Sloth betting his kid's life on the Florida game at the tailgate was also a pretty good memory. Yeah, meeting Sloth is one of the best memories of the season, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Now go ahead, what are we talking about with Jack Harlow? Uh, the, the culture shift that occurred after his, his Thanksgiving halftime performance. Okay, yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Uh. What is he talking about? Jack Carlo. I was in Aruba. I was in Aruba. Oh, that's right. You were not in the country. You were you were at the beach. Jack Carlo performed at the Detroit Lions halftime game on Thanksgiving. Oh, so he had a busy weekend. So he went from there to getting um, the L's down in his face by Ray Davis. Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah. He uh, got back. He went to the Louisville game, and yeah, got the L's down. A Kentucky football is just very. They're just losers. I mean, that's just what Kentucky football is. But it was it was a very cool pick to see those guys like in Jack Harlow's face, like doing the L's down. That was cool. That was cool because it was Jack Harlow who should also be in prison um, for being a pedophile, allegedly. He does kind but, of look like Josh Giddy too. <laughs> bad day, bad week for curly head uh, white guys. Um, do I think it lifted any spirits in the Middle East? Did he? Did he like? Do, did he like pay homage? Oh, I don't to, know. I didn't, I didn't watch. To the Gaza Strip. I mean, I, I don't know. I was in Aruba. I was in Aruba. Just FYI, if you haven't heard, I was in Aruba. Brother Chad, aka our first patron ever, asks, "What three dog breeds would be the baddest? Would be the saddest to put down?" A miniature long-haired dachshund. Yep. <laughs> Bichon Frise, and um. I mean, It'd be hard to put a poodle down. No, uh, no. You mean like a big poodle? No, like a little bitty. Little you mean like a teacup poodle. poodle? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. I wouldn't care about that. That also kind of checks the box of the miniature long-haired dachshund. But that's true. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like labs, labs are always so nice. Yeah. And like golden retrievers are always so nice. Those would be tough. You know what I mean? Like those are just good old yeah. boys. Yeah. I still think about Jericho and his legs giving out on him. I get sad. I get sad thinking about it. Got into the antifreeze. We didn't put him down. They put him down. That was all, I would say natural, but I guess chemically chemically uh, made. Brother Thomas asks, what's the maximum amount to be spent on a wedding total? I mean, I think it all just depends on how much money you got. Yeah, it just depends on, just depends on how big a boy are you, Thomas. Yeah, like, I mean, if you got a lot of family money... I don't think you should worry about how much you spend on it. If you got the money to spend, you love your baby girl, spend as much money as you want. How much money would I spend on a wedding personally for like myself? Very, very little. But if the woman was like, hey, I want to do this, this, and this, and, you know, either she, her parents are paying for it or, you know, she was just going to really not marry me if she did it, then maybe my answer changes. But, like, I don't need a lot of money spent on my wedding. But I'm also not rich. How much does an average wedding go these days? Like fifty grand? I mean, I feel like I have no clue. I feel like fifty grand is no a pretty reasonable number, but maybe I'm wrong. I think that seems like a lot. Like, what's wrong with just going to church and getting married in the sanctuary at church? Well, some people don't want that, and that's also like I assume he means the reception on on top of the wedding, of course. It's all about the venue. Not everybody wants to go then get cookies and punch in the church. Well, it just depends basement. on how bad you want to get married. It depends on. It depends on what the marriage. To me, the wedding depends on: Are you getting it so you can be married? Or are you like having an event so like you can have pretty pictures? A lot of people want to get the pictures in the event. They want it to be a big social event and be the star of your day. Yeah, and my uh, response most to those people, people want that. Is to quit being selfish and to think about other people. Quit being selfish and think about other. Well, people. Well, the people that are telling her not to be selfish or him not to be selfish are kind of being selfish for themselves. They're not being very selfless either. Brother Jonas says. Um, 30K is the average. 30K is an average? I mean, 
it doesn't seem like I get to that much these days either. So, like, I, I don't know. Again, it depends on where you get married. I hear you. you I understand if you the church get is cheaper. Some, if you want to get married at some farm where, like, it's just like this, like, field outside that looks like any normal field, well, that's going to cost you a ton of money because that's just what... We're talking about women here, guys. What if you okay? get married it's in Aruba? What about if you get married in Aruba? What do you think that's going to run you? Um, the Holiday Inn on the beach in Aruba has a has a chapel for weddings. Okay, I, no, I noticed that this week. How much do you think that's going to run us? Not not very. I think it's all going to be about airfare. Okay. It's not my take. You know, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm not married, but I'm not going to say there's an average or, excuse me, a, a limit. It's just kind of whatever you got. If you don't have a lot of money, don't spend a lot of money. Dave Ramsey taught me that. Brother Oven asks, what is the most under overrated and underrated Thanksgiving food? I mean, I don't really like any Thanksgiving food, honestly. So you don't even like dressing? No, 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 no. no. Or stuffing. Neither one. Stuffing's terrible. Stuffing's terrible. It's so dry. It's so dry. And it goes, like, in the turkey. Turkey's not that good to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a ham guy over turkey. I'm sure, like, there's going to be some turkey cucks. But, oh, you just haven't had it correctly. Uh, no. If no, you don't like good. turkey, you just haven't had good turkey. Neither is stuffing. Stuffing's not very good either. Cranberry sauce, don't fuck with that either. Nope, nope, nope. Not gay, so I don't eat cranberry sauce. Pumpkin pie, um, don't need none of that. I don't like any Thanksgiving food. I mean, I like I I eat on Thanksgiving, but it's not like I sit around all year like, man, can't wait for this. I like meats, I like mashed potatoes, or you know, if I don't even know, we always have mashed potatoes. We don't really have mashed potatoes on uh, Thanksgiving, but like I like macaroni and cheese. Throw me a good little casserole in there. All of that's fun, but yeah, just the rolls and ham and mac and cheese for me. John has the palate of a child. Yeah, so what? So what? You ain't you ain't you ain't special just because you like stuffing. You ain't special just because you like dressing. If that was so good, you would eat it year round, but you don't. You don't go around year round saying, mm, "Let me get some dressing." You don't. And if you say you do, you're a liar. Meanwhile, meat and mac and cheese, that's available year-round. Who doesn't love a good roll? I know I do. It feels like, it feels like such a waste. My mother cooked for eight, ten hours, and like the meal was over within like 30 minutes. And then honestly, I didn't even bother with any of the leftovers. Just all that, all that preparation, all that stress that people go through. For what? For what purpose? Just cook something easier. You don't need seven ovens going. We don't need all that. Just grill a steak and let that be that. What we've done a couple of years when we've been at a beach, well, a domestic, a domestic beach. Yeah, not not Aruba, but the stateside. But like 30A, we've... Uh, Cracker Barrel. Yeah, we go to Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Just, we get Cracker Barrel. Just order the Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving and then bring it back. Or just eat a good hamburger. Who cares? Who cares? It's about the fellowship. It's about Squanto and the Pilgrims. They weren't eating stuffing. I hate the cliche stuff that you feel like, I gotta eat this because of this. No, who cares? Just eat what you want. And the Pilgrims were kind of assholes. And the Native Americans had a bunch of diseases. Why are we letting them dictate our lives? Fuck them. If they could have had steak, they would have had steak. I mean, maybe they could have had steak, but uh, they had, like, venison, right? They had, like, deer. Ugh, who wants that? That's how I feel, Deer's least. a little too gamey. It's a little too gamey for me. You could say that again. Brother Reese asks, Speak. have we already planned on going to any of the announced road games next fall? Oh, that's a good question. I'll be attending Oklahoma and Norman with my best friend, Luke. So that's locked in already? I mean, I know you don't have tickets uh, yet, right? But Yeah, we were talking today about if we wanted to go to both um, – well, he's a little he's a little annoyed that we have like the three good home games we have next year back to back to back. Is that the case? Florida, Kentucky, or Florida, Alabama, and then Kentucky all back to back. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of sad that we have to consider Kentucky a good home game. Well, it's 
it's just that's the best after no i know i'm just saying like it's it it is true um, because with this terrible non-conference neutral site game so we're talking about going to both norman and charlotte i don't know if north carolina state's that terrible anymore if if mj morris transfers well i don't know anybody i mean i just know they were finished the season pretty good if that quarterback transfers, yeah, he 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 decided to redshirt after playing four games. Okay, I saw they won a bunch of um, games at the end and finished by beating North Carolina, beating them down, and was ranked. So uh, that's all I know about him. Yeah. Um. Well, it's not even North Carolina State as much as it is playing in Charlotte in a NFL stadium that, you know, it's just kind of blah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather that game be inside Neyland. For sure. So yeah, I'll I'll probably go to Oklahoma as well. I can't imagine I would miss that. Never been before. First chance to see Nico in a big game. That seems like something we'd want to do. Yeah, for sure. Big tailgate sure. to get the season started. That, that that seems like something that'll happen. Yeah. Unless we Let's lose to North Carolina in. State. Then don't lock it in. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna lock it in because we might lose to North Carolina State. Because our quarterback brother, hasn't gotten any reps. He's he's gonna be very new. Brother K. Schultz asks, um, what college football slash college basketball announcing broadcasting duo would we both um what did he say? We wanna fight, I think. Uh, if, if if we could fight, if we could fight. And he says why well, he thought he knew he 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 thought that he knew the answer after hearing us rage about Billis. It would not be Billis for me. It would be Joe Tessitore. It would be Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy. Uh, Joe Tess is nails on a chalkboard. Every single play that he calls is a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth inning on a full count. Calm down, dude. Just because you're Italian doesn't mean you get to like be so emotional all the time on TV. He just wants to be like Gus Johnson. That's it. Who's also terrible. I'm glad that I never have to hear Gus Johnson say the words Maserati Marv again. Every time Marvin Harrison Jr. caught a ball, Maserati Marv. Dude, shut up. Were you watching that game in Aruba? I did watch that game so in you, Aruba. So you yeah. couldn't be bothered to watch Tennessee basketball, but you could get up at – what's the equivalent – what time was it? Because it was a noon Aruba's game. Aruba's two hours ahead. Aruba's two hours ahead of Central Time. So you got up at, what, 9 a.m. to watch it, but you couldn't watch Tennessee basketball during the day? Well, it's, it's two hours ahead, bro. Like, it didn't start until 2 p.m. Ruben time. The game didn't. Oh, okay. Michigan State, two hours Michigan ahead State. in that regard. Gotcha, gotcha. Plus, gotcha. I was getting up at, like, 7.30 a.m. So, like, I, I, I went, I was. So you couldn't I watch did. the Kansas game that started at 5.30 or 2.30, but you could watch. Oh, I could have watched the Kansas game, but I just chose not to. I chose to do stuff with my family instead. Right, you just couldn't miss the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah, I wanted to watch that game, yeah. Okay, noted. We all have choices in life. Shout I apologize. I apologize for not wanting to watch another brick fest. The 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 Purdue game the Purdue game uh soured me for for a good bit. I'll watch tomorrow night, obviously. But again, I've talked about this before. Conference basketball is what I really like. Yeah, I also just hope there's no damn NBA three point line on the court. Yeah. Because our boys just wanted to show the world they weren't pussy, so they just kept shooting NBA threes and even got like two feet behind the NBA line to try to show they were not pussy whenever they could have just scooted up maybe two feet and made the jump shots. You kind of respect it because you don't want to shoot college threes in case any of the hoes are watching, but at the same time, you want to make those. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to make those, and we didn't make them. Therefore, it wasn't cool. But, yeah, I'm excited for the North Carolina game as well. So you want to fight Joe Tessitore? I don't really want to fight anybody except Dickie V. Just kidding, Dickie V. Although I haven't forgotten what you did to that bathroom at the SEC Championship before I went in there. <laughs> I haven't forgot about it, Dick. But he's sick. I don't want to fight a sick man. Uh, Is he still sick? Yeah, it came, uh, I'm pretty sure something came back. I don't think it's okay. like going to kill him or anything, I don't think. But I think he is battling something else with his voice. But I, I do find Billis to be the most pretentious. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But he'd sue us because he's a lawyer. I don't want to get sued for beating his ass. I cannot stand Tess and McElroy. Oh, man, I cannot stand them. That's all I've got. Okay. Have a good rest of your evening. 
Uh, appreciate you hopping on and doing this. Glad we knocked it out this week. I'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Boy, I know that you'll be home